Крутые парни по всей стране, кто связан дружбой с ВДВ, такое братство, надежный щит, никто Россию не победит. ВДВ, с неба привет, ультрамариновый набогерет, тельник с волной и море погон, с неба навеки десант обручен. ВДВ, сколько побед, из парашютов белый букет, радугой мирный порядку пола. Слава десанту, честь и хвала! В Центральном парке салют в Москве Мечтают парни о ВДВ Любым оружием владеть легко С нами победы, главней всего ВДВ, с неба привет Ультрамариновый набоберет Тельник с волной и море погон С неба навеки десант обручен ВДВ, сколько побед Из парашютов белый букет Радугой мирный порядку пола Слава десанту, честь и хвала Честь и хвала All right, that's I love the the intro song, but it's a long intro. But um, anyway, welcome Daylight Burners <clears throat> back uh, back again. Uh, busted up face and all because uh, well, I got nothing better else to do tonight anyway. So um, and my face wasn't that good to look at beforehand. So anyhow, got kicked in the face by a stupid Holstein today. Um, little. <laughs> A little bit of a uh, little bit of complacency goes a long ways, and uh, yeah. So anyway, here we're uh, here we are, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna look like uh, I'm I'm gonna look real dumb for a little bit, but that's all right. Um, how's uh, how's Miss Jen Hill? Doing well. I think you need a better story. Can we come up with something better than a Holstein? I see. I. I I'm not good at like making up stories on myself because I'm not. I don't have that many good ones to start with, and the one so this one I I think it kind of adds to the hilarity because it was a stupid, just Holstein, and uh, and it was something as mundane as I needed to get her uh, bangs number, and uh, I was too lazy to take her to the shoot, so I roped her in the pen, and uh, I get all all went pretty good, and then she kicked me, and. Uh, but I, I will say I got a pretty good chin on me, so um, I called her a dirty cunt, and I may or may not have thought about sticking a thumb in her eyeball, and then I, I took a picture of her bangs tag and let her up. So it, it really wasn't all that that interesting, but it was kind of funny. There was a Holstein. Well, I think you should take a picture of it now because that can be used in marketing your Holstein guard services. Mm, yeah, you know it's uh. It, it could be used for something for sure um some sort of propaganda could be made out of that we'll leave it to your audience i'm sure you'll have a video about it by the end of the week yeah um yeah i, I don't i don't think anything happened around the denver area this this time so i don't know if there's any conspiracy theories behind me going to colorado this time i don't, I don't there wasn't any uh you know mass dying of cattle um 
I don't think anything weird happened in Denver or, or that no, no, area. No, 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 the thermostat thing. Were you responsible for Excel shutting everybody's oh, AC down? I mean, I could be. I could mm-hmm. be. I wish I was. That'd be awesome. If I could do that, I would fuck with people so hard. See, this is why uh, you can't have, like, ultimate authority because... There'll be somebody like me that like I'm just gonna fuck with somebody to fuck with somebody not because I hate them but just like I'll think it's funny and um, so I mean I'd be like a good tyrant you know like a fun hip tyrant. I'm sure that that's not what any of the Kims have said over the years. <laughs> I'm uh yeah this would be benevolent tyrant that's uh <laughs> and uh I'll be a jokester tyrant there we go like uh. I would definitely make uh, Elon Musk my secretary of defense. So, like, give him all that DARPA money and see what he can come up with. I mean, it's the the possibilities are endless with that guy. I don't know if uh, it'll ever be profitable or if it'll ever be feasible, but he could create some cool shit. We'll send monkeys everywhere with him in charge. Oh, man, that'd be so awesome. Um, How did you enjoy the little... Uh, like dark Brandon speech that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that Biden gave. So, I mean, they had to have done it on purpose, right? There's no way nobody thinks that through. Like, I, I kind of get what they were trying to go for. Cause they have this, uh, they have this like younger chick that's in, and really in charge of like the, the white house social media. And I got to admit, like she's, like batshit crazy but she's kind of funny like she has some pretty good um like she's good at social media like she she did a like the the whole list of uh people that were you know every republican house or uh senator that was bitching about the uh the student loan forgiveness uh she would put every one of them that received uh, the PPP loans that, that that got forgiven too. And uh, so I was just like, that, that's fucking savvy. Like it's mm-hmm. uh, and very well done on uh, as far from like a political strategy standpoint. The, the dark Brandon thing is kind of funny on the internet, like on, on Twitter, because so if anybody's not familiar, good for you because Twitter's not a real place, but it is funny. <laughs> Um, so now they, they've taken the let's go Brandon and tried to flip it on its head. I think I've explained it before. Um, and now it's, it's dark Brandon. Every time Biden gets something accomplished, it's, uh, you know, or like, you know, this whole deal with Trump and, and the raids are like a oh, dark Brandon ascends. And, you know, so it's a picture of Biden with like the, the laser beam eyes. And so they were like, apparently trying to channel that energy. And, but the left uh, can't meme. We all know the left can't meme. No, and um, and this one just looked like the scene out of um, not this latest scene. Um, <laughs> I don't know who's uh, who the commenter is, but you said you don't milk the steers. Uh, fuck <laughs> off, guy. <laughs> one of these days it'll work. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, it, it looked like not this latest season of Peaky Blinders, but the season before when they showed that that fascist dude give like his uh, like his, uh, you know, big Hitler speech um, and like the lighting and everything just reminded me so much of that or something like Emperor Palpatine. And you're just like, I, I get you're going for like 
to convey this meme energy from from Twitter, but let's also remember like Twitter's not a real place and not that many people actually use it. Um, Did you see any of the clips where they zoomed out and showed the wider frame? Yeah, I did see that. Where there's blue lights, you know, like just having that blue really would have toned it down, but they cut Mm. all that out on purpose. Yeah, Yeah, like they could have really zoomed or, you know, like ran that blue in a little bit. And uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it was really strange how, how they, uh, I don't know who thought that was a good idea. Um, but of course it's like we've, we've reached the point of religious fundamentalism that it's just, um, whatever your side does is right and good. Um, you know, like Trump calling to just be declared the 2020, uh, winner or just hold a new election right now immediately. Like, Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I like I like playing fantasy games too, but <laughs> I mean, my God, it's uh, I don't know. It, it's the uh, system is the the simulation is like really ramping up. I, I don't know. I think that you're giving them too much credit. I don't think they were smart enough to connect it to the dark Brandon thing. I think they just thought everyone says this is a weak old man. So how can we make him look strong? Mm, maybe. Yeah. I mean, and they gave him some good drugs. Like yeah. he, uh, he had, uh, he had a couple of little hiccups right there at the beginning and then he came on strong and, uh, yeah, whatever the dosage they got there, like they need to just give that to him all the time. Like, I don't know how, how much, like they have to to play with that so it doesn't just like completely implode but like whatever mixture they had him on was like he was lucid for the most part and uh coherent um but he didn't repeat the line he didn't repeat the line um but then there there was like everything else that he's ever said in his administration they immediately walked it back uh the next day and yeah. Then then Donald Trump came out and called Biden an enemy, enemy of the state, which he's not wrong. Um, I don't know. There's there's parts of uh, Biden's speech where he, he wasn't wrong, but um, yeah, they're both just fucking idiots. Well, they're both just cults. You know, we're mm-hmm. back to seeing all of the Donald Trump memes that make him look like Jesus Christ on the cross. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it's cult just as bad as the left is. Well, they have uh, managed to make it uh, the midterms elections all about Trump, even though he's not in office and uh, which is good. So it's going to help the Democrats. They're probably still going to lose. I, I still won't be surprised if they lose the, the Senate, but I'm pretty sure they'll lose the House. Um but, so then what do you think is with because in the last week all of a sudden they've started talking like there's all sorts of new polls coming out suggesting that they might clean sweep. What mm, is that? Because that can't possibly be right. So what's the game there? I don't I think it's just there that's a replay of like 2016 where you know Hillary Clinton had a 97% chance to win and she lost and uh 
turns out all the polls were way over exaggerated or they were over uh represented for democrats like they always are and yeah once you take that like five to seven point over sampling then that it goes back down to like what the what the actual election actually turned out to be which is i mean still within their margin of error so they technically weren't wrong but they were they were wrong i mean they they you know technical technically they you know within the margin of error but they they still predicted it way wrong um but i don't know that this this abortion thing is weird i didn't expect kansas to to uh to vote the way they did on on the state <laughs> referendum and um so maybe i don't know they're uh it seems like uh just like always the republicans have found a way to uh shoot themselves in the foot uh when it seemed like they couldn't lose it's like the one real skill that they have mm-hmm. at this point though yeah um like they got a big win just send send the abortion deal back to the states and then this the conservative states went like full southern baptist <laughs> and uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah like unsurprisingly a lot of uh more like conservative but like not super conservative and moderate and even you know slightly left-leaning uh people are just like fuck you no we don't want that so i i don't know i just like really misreading the room it seems like on uh <laughs> on a lot of the, well, on both on both of them just like who who told you that was a good idea? Well, I don't think they've quite figured out that Twitter isn't real. Like those aren't real people. Yeah. Well, I, neither side has. That's the the thing. Like every time there's a Twitter uproar, they, there has to be a response. But like I've been, I've traveled quite a little bit, and I know it's been mostly in in rural parts of the country this summer. But like. That they had, people aren't fighting that much in real life, you know. I, I think in the cities there there is, but like really everywhere I've been to, like I don't know, people are just people. It, but they're really stoking the the flames of uh, you know they're just of everything. Just try to try to divide where they can to hold on, just cling on to power and. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't know. I don't like either side. Well, just the media coverage after the Emperor Palpatine speech. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen five or six different outlets that have talked about it as a war speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which uh, should be concerning in a <laughs> in a typical typical world. You'd think that uh, maybe. Maybe that'd be a little concerning to folks, but I guess not. Um, but also when, and, and I, I would say, granted, Trump has a little more of a case than, than Biden does. But when he's calling Trump or Biden an enemy of the state, that doesn't help things either. But Trump's never been one to help uh, not fan the flames. He's just kind of, he's a an avid gasoline pourer and just, um He's uh yeah he sounds like really unhinged on his uh, on his true social rants uh, here lately like he's he's like re retruthing uh, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of really weird uh, like QAnon stuff and yeah he's uh, it's 
it is going to be really interesting to see what that campaign looks like. Well, I thought it was weird that when they started releasing photos from the raid on Mar-a-Lago, <laughs> that what he really focused in on was that his office was not really that messy. <laughs> like of all the things for me to make sure the American people know right now, it should be that that's not what my office looks like. Well, there was one scene in uh, in that interview that they uh, or that that documentary that uh, and it was all on the the January sixth stuff, and but they had like like really exclusive access to to the Trump uh, administration and Trump himself, and there was like a whole five minute deal about a glass of water and whether or not to have like the little cap over it or whether to have the table there or to. And, and and it was just all optics, and so it's like he is he is like some sort of just savant on that level, where like the the little OC th- D things that that he uh, like notices, and yeah, and so that I you know that had to have been just eaten at him that mm-hmm. <laughs> they uh, they're spreading shit all over the floor, and he's in full like full like save your ass mode right now. I mean his. Uh, his case does not look good. Like whether they should prosecute it or not, but like just supposedly what the facts that the the DOJ is laid out at the moment. And um, I read a article um, or a op-ed from uh, Andrew Napolitano, and it seems like he's got a they the DOJ's got a pretty decent case against him, however bullshit it might be. Um, and I don't know, like he, it just, it's like so many things that Trump does. It's like that, that didn't need to happen. Like you, you didn't have to even pick that fight. And so I don't know, but we also, they're, they're going to try like hell to convict him of a crime of, um, you know, mishandling classified information, um, you know, that belongs to the public, but the public can't see. And, you know, it's, it's so sensitive that we're not allowed to see it. Um. Yeah. So it's a perfect, perfect crime for for them to get him on. But boy, it sure seems like an interesting time to stoke those flames. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right before midterms, and uh, and now the DOJ, you know, they they did all of this shit, released their statements and their you know their rebuttals to to the Trump team, and and then that was like right before the sixty day window before the election, and they're like, oh. Uh, department policy we can't talk about shit and so now they're just going to leave him in limbo but th- I guess that that judge on the like when she she allowed the secret master or special master or whatever the fuck stupid title they, they use for for that which seems like that should be commonplace for like all search warrants you know <laughs> um but apparently that's it's not and uh I like the geo DOJ's response. Like, oh, we already did the vetting. No, no need to nothing to see here. We already took care of it. Well, and, they've been uh, getting away with that crap in FISA courts for years. I know. So they're uh, they're gonna probably appeal that, and uh, I don't know. It just it seems dumb. Like they're they are really like stoking tensions, and they're just everybody involved is a bunch of fucking clowns. Just that's the that's the most disappointing part is people are getting riled up over these fucking idiots, <laughs> like uh, and then not getting riled up 
over the real problem. Like they're they're fighting over the 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 idiots in charge and not not the entire system that's at that's at fault. And um, yeah, I don't even know how you fix that. That's got to be by design, though. I think we've mm. been there for a long time. Yeah, yeah, it is, and yeah, it just. <sighs> It makes Mike Judge look more and more like a prophet after, you know, idiocracy and yeah. And just stupider and stupider people run run for office and then like all the, the like the smart people are just busy doing life or whatever. Or they've had their brains infected with just whatever whatever this latest case of just social contagion is like good god it's it i don't know i'm I'm about ready for it to be done but i don't know when that's gonna happen well i don't i think we see it it trickles down mm-hmm. then into everything you know we see it in the ag industry with the rcaf versus ncba versus u.s cattlemen's i would imagine that other industries have similar issues mm-hmm. it's everything has gotten where we're just distracted by the team. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's that's true. So like and like we could go on the this the whole Trump shit is fascinating. It's also tiresome at the same time, but it is uh like you got to pay attention to it because that's what the world is going to be for the next however long. Um so you kind of got to have to pay attention to it, but I think it's kind of at a stalemate and uh who the fuck knows i i honestly think they're probably gonna they're gonna indict him um they have to at this point right i i think i think the rubicon's been crossed like the two impeachments didn't work um so now it's yeah like it's I, i don't see it's either that or admit that they were wrong and they did a bunch of illegal bullshit um they can't do that so it's forge ahead and chips fall where they may but that's a dangerous proposal um lindsey graham uh, as much as i i can't stand that guy i think he was 100 percent right and i understood what he meant i don't think that was a threat i think it was just a statement of what will happen uh of people riding in the street if he gets uh you know if he gets indicted i i think that probably will happen however conservatives aren't known to protest much and when they do well shit happens uh whether whether by design or not uh it just seems to be that when uh whether whether they have charlottesville or uh or january 6th or whatever it is uh kenosha they got something to to pin the the right wingers as as violent and uh (laughs) that typically turns a lot of the the independents off so yeah, we'll see how that all plays out. But so, what do you think about the theory that that was the whole point of this was to goad some of those kind of fringe, borderline crazy right wingers into doing something so that they can sit back and say, "See, see, we told you so." Um, I think that's a uh, very plausible, um, very plausible. I think. Uh, the whole Ray Epps deal, I think, points directly towards that being the case. Um, and we've we've seen the, the agent provocateurs um, all over. The CIA has had uh, has a history of it. The FBI has a history of it. Um, all all these all these extremist groups are just 
infected with feds on both, you know, the, the Antifa, the Proud Boys, Three Percenters, Oath Keepers, all that shit. Like, I, I don't know how many of them are actually like patriots or anti-fascist or whatever the fuck they call themselves and how many of them are, are just feds, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, so I, I think that that's likely the case, whether, whether Trump has a, I think he's running out of options for, for his legal team. Like <laughs> he's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not looking real good for him. Like I'm not rooting against the guy. I'm just saying, it's not looking great, and I, I don't know. But, it, but I, once again, I think that's a it's a very dangerous proposition, and I think like I think Lindsey Graham was onto something, and yeah, they're playing with fire. He's got to be running out of people who are willing to step mm-hmm. up on that defense team, no matter how much money you throw at it. I know it. Um, yeah, because they'll, they'll they say that they're going to find themselves in the crosshairs of the FBI and and all that shit too. So it's. <clears throat> I don't know. It's not looking good, um, but we'll see. I mean, the, the midterms will tell a lot, but also people have a short fucking memory. But um, I don't know. Um, but moving on to the to the ag side of things, where yeah, like once again, politics just infects everything. Uh, we've got we got two stories that are raising raising um, you know raising people's blood pressure i guess and uh howdy there i'm matt mckinley with the burning daylight podcast if you ever wanted to make a podcast well spotify's got a platform that makes that lets you make one super easily and then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free it's called spotify for for podcasters and here's how it works Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from the phone or computer. Uh, So no matter what uh, your setup was like, you can uh, start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And uh, if you like my show, Fence Post Politics with my buddy Aaron, that's the place to watch it because it's all video all the time. And we uh, like we share videos, we comment on videos, we share news articles and uh, and funny memes. So um, it's pretty cool. Um, and also, if you want to take your conversations to uh, with your fans to the next level, uh, your question and answer, answer and polls are the best way to get them talking. You can attach that to your your podcast there and, and you get your you get you know, valuable interactions with your fan, your fans. And, uh, with Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. And that's, uh, that, that is true. Um, supposed to do a testimonial here. Um, but anyways, this is the the podcast I use or the podcast uh, host that I use. I like Spotify. They're uh, they're very good on just letting you do your thing uh, with uh, with no catch to it. Uh, there's a good reason why Joe Rogan hosts podcasts on Spotify, and, and this is uh, this is a great way to get started if you if you have ever thought about starting a podcast. This is where I would send anybody to go. 
Um, <coughs> best thing you can do is just download the Spotify for Podcasters app, or you can go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. And yeah, if you've ever thought about just doing a podcast, or if you're tired of paying a monthly service that uh, doesn't seem to do much for you, Spotify Podcasters is your spot. So uh, go to spotify.com slash podcasters or download the app today. Uh, first one being uh, sustainable beef has now um, taken investor money from Walmart. And uh, I have not looked into this at all. So, but um, Jen, you, you just, your article today was about, or this week was about it. I, I haven't chan- had a chance to read it, but anyway, you're pretty well versed on this. So I'll let you, I'll let you ramble. Yeah. So sustainable beef is the proposed processing plant in North Platte, Nebraska. And you've had Trey Wasserberger on what, twice now? Yeah, I think twice. Yeah. And he's kind of talked about this because he's a big piece of that puzzle. And what makes them so unique is they're talking about a 1500 head a day plant that is rancher owned, Mm. that is cattle feeder owned. And that's, that's pretty unheard of. So when they first started exploring it, they were looking at, I think the original estimates were like $275 million. Mm. And that's gone up about a hundred million dollars at this point because of inflation and labor issues and everything else. So, you know, you're looking at just short of $400 million to put this plant in. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of money. I don't know where people thought that just ranchers were going to come up with that. So they went radio quiet, oh, probably two months ago and stopped taking any interviews, stopped talking to anybody, you know, just totally silent, which kind of raised some, some eyebrows, you know, what's going on here that would make you Trey's good at a lot of things. And one of them is getting out there and getting in front of the camera and getting his message out. So when he stops talking, it's noticeable. Mm. And then this last week, they announced that Walmart had struck a deal with them and purchased a minority share in the business. We don't know exactly what that share is yet, but the language they're using is minority share. Um, one of the things that's real interesting is the the language that Walmart used in their press release really indicates to me that they're going to lean towards a branded beef program. Mm-hmm a labeled, you know, sustainable, traceable. And that's one of the things that that sustainable has talked about all along is blockchain technology and Mm -hmm. bringing some of that blockchain in for traceability. So it would fit well there. Um, But of course (laughs) you say Walmart and Mm -hmm. people's heads explode. And I think Portray has caught a lot of shit in the last couple of days it's been interesting because a lot of it doesn't make a whole, whole lot of sense. My favorite one that I keep seeing people throw out there is that, well, Walmart just sells a bunch of that shitty Namibian, Namibian beef. They're just feed Americans, just a bunch of shitty imported beef. Why would you want to work with them? Well, okay. But if your concern is that we should be selling American meat, then wouldn't this be a good thing? Yeah. You would think so. That make much sense to me. Yeah. I don't know. And then the most legitimate criticism that I've heard, and I know Mackenzie Johnston mentioned this on her 
uh, morning update yesterday, I think it was. Um, the most legitimate concern I've heard is, well, it's supposed to be rancher owned. Rancher owned. They said rancher owned from the beginning. And I think that the argument that they would put out there is that they still are because Walmart is a minority shareholder. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I see both sides of that. But at the end of the day, to me, it kind of comes back to what I said at the beginning there. Ranger owned was never going to come up with $400 million. No, the, the money was. wasn't there. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, um, anytime you want to do anything big, you got to have <clears throat> big money behind you. And <clears throat> yeah, uh, Walmart, that's about as big a money as you get. So. And it's not the big four, but it is a major retailer. So mm-hmm. if you're going to have to make a partnership with a retailer to source your product directly into, I guess to me, it makes some sense to go for the biggest one you can. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I wonder how that's all going to work when it comes to, you know, board meetings and everything. And cause you know, Walmart's going to want to push the, the edge on, uh, you know, on safety and, uh, you know, because they're going to be want to be as fi- efficient as possible, mm-hmm. um, and they're also going to try to sell as low as possible. So, um, you know, you uh, you're probably going to be looking at some sort of formula system, and uh, and they're going to try to you know it's a it's a classic vertical integration. So I, I don't I don't know. Well, it's uh that'd be interesting, interesting coming in from like, like you said, from the retailer side. Um, I wonder how this bodes for when, you know, kind of moving forward into the a plus act, but I honestly, I don't know, um, what to think on, on the Walmart end of things, except you got to have money. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense from a business standpoint. Um, Let's uh, let's hope they're not compromising on their, you know, their principles that, that they kind of laid out. Um, but there ain't been a single head uh, of cattle killed yet. So a long way to go before before we have all that that sorted out. So I, I don't know. Um, so they've got all sorts of green lights they are supposed to be breaking ground this fall, just mm-hmm. in the next couple months here. And then up and running by 2024, which seems pretty ambitious to me, especially given the current climate where you can't get people to show up to work. Or you can't get materials. Exactly. So we'll see how that actually pans out. Um, From just a a liberty mindset, you know, as a rancher, I can't help but look at all of the years that we've spent asking Congress to rescue us Mm. over and over and over. And that never gets us anywhere. And so I've been saying for a long time, we've got to build our own systems. We've Mm -hmm. got to build our own ways around the big four. And that wasn't going to happen without making some really big strategic partnerships that could push Mm -hmm. up against them. It doesn't mean it'll be perfect. And it doesn't mean that we won't need to be vigilant with them as well, but at least it's a free market solution. Yeah. Yeah. And people bitch about Walmart all they want to, but they still shop there. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, like you said, if you're worried about Walmart's uh, selling you shitty imported beef, well, this seems like they're taking a step to not do that. Um, 
you know, maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. It could, it could work. I also think it's going to put proof of concept for them. Cool people in there. You know, yeah. they've been screaming for a long time that those labels will give a premium. And now on Walmart shelves, you are going to have labeled USA meat thrown right up against there with mm-hmm. the unlabeled meat and the imported meat. Let's see if that's real. Let's see if your premiums that you say we will reap are real. Yeah. I, uh, in this economy, I don't see it. I don't either. Uh, um, maybe, but beef's fucking expensive. So, um, well, that's I, a, I think- another benefit I think of this is that it, I think it'll work to keep beef more affordable. I think we're quickly approaching that line where beef is no longer going to be a staple. Mm-hmm. And that's scary. That should scare people. Yeah. I, I think so too. Not just industry people, but like, just for the health of of people in general like beef is truly one of the best sources of, of protein out there like i mean it's uh it's a really really healthy you know it's vital to it to a to a good diet and <clears throat> yeah the more they move to pork like pork's not as as bad as chicken but like if, if you want to talk about like factory farming um there is some of that in in the in the beef industry for sure like I, i've seen seen parts of it and i don't care for it i think the smaller you can you know have your operation the better off you are you know not not i mean to a certain extent but like you know when you're when you're running you know fifty thousand head feedlots instead of a hundred thousand you know that that the cattle tend to do a little better they perform a little better on the on a smaller deal like that and um but you look at the the hog and the than the poultry industry. I mean, that's, that takes factory farming to a whole different level. And, uh, and the, the hormones and the, and the antibiotics and shit that they're feeding and, uh, and pumping those, those animals is way beyond what we do in the beef industry. And <clears throat> yeah, I, that's, so, I mean, it's, it's no wonder why, why people like RCAF and, and, uh, and some of the people that are, are so, you know, loud about, about these, these issues in the, in the cattle business, why they're so like, so gun ho about just sticking it to the packers because they see how these other, these other industries have went. And uh, when they're trying not to trying to prevent that. So, I, I mean, I understand where they're coming from, but they're, yeah, their solutions are sometimes ridiculous. So, well, I just want to say that my hat's off to those cattle feeders that invested in sustainable beef from the beginning. I mean, you want to talk about a risky proposition. Mm-hmm. If you're a feeder that's got to currently sell in to those big four and you know you've got years in front of you before mm-hmm. that plan is open, you know that they're getting blacklisted. You oh, know yeah. that they're having no a hell doubt. of a time moving those cows, but they put their name and their money and their business on the line for something they believe in. And I just think there's something really admirable about that. Yeah, yeah I think so too. Um, I think there's a, there's a lot of good, and so like I'll, I'll uh, I'm going to give Trey the big benefit of the doubt because it's a guy that's sticking his neck way on out there, like way on out there, and uh, he's trying to do something good. So whether he accomplishes it that or not, I don't know. That's yet to be seen, but he's not given me any reason to, to doubt him or to think otherwise, uh, <laughs> that he truly believes in this thing. So probably not his first choice. You know, he also might be saying, Hey, 
pretty fucking good deal considering, you know, um, I don't know, but at the end of the day, you got to have money to operate and, uh, to get to operation, they got to have money and yeah, ranchers don't have a lot. And a packer's got to have a consistent place to sell for the retail mm-hmm. end. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So I don't see Walmart going by the wayside anytime soon. And, uh, if they want to, if they want to make their, their branded beef, American beef, I think that's a good thing. Um, it's not the best thing, but given the situation, it's better than, better than not. Better well, than I, I wonder continued. how much of the pushback is just kind of the Walmart thing. You know, when you mm-hmm. think of Walmart, you kind of think of the lady in her pajamas and Crocs at 2 p.m. and she weighs 400 pounds. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't you don't conjure a pretty image. No. Even though we all shop there and we just yeah. don't want to admit it. And so how much of this is just a visceral, ooh, Walmart kind uh, of reaction? We, we don't want to admit that we're dirtbags. <laughs> and and see, I like, I'm, I'm fine with this. Like I, that's why I'm doing podcasting with a broken face. My wife thinks my face is broken. I don't think it's broke, though. Uh, you're sure talking awfully well for yeah, a I, face. Yeah. I, I sent a video to, uh, to a couple of my high school and college buddies and, you know, the old Tommy boy line shoulder feels fine, but my face hurts. <laughs> <laughs> um, now it, it, it just looks way worse than it is. It just, it's going to, that's going to be ugly for a minute. Um, Now's the time to take family pictures. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> I hope it's uh, cleared up by the, our, our 10 year anniversaries in October. So, I uh, hopefully it'll it'll clear up by then. I think so. Okay, so you're gonna actually do something for her, white, right? Because your wife has to be a saint for putting up with you. No, so I do have to up. do something. Yeah, I have to yeah. do something. You hear that, Logan Hill? You don't screw <laughs> big anniversaries up. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, this uh, oh, the A plus act. That one I read a little bit about and. But not enough to really, I didn't go really in depth. I just read kind of a couple uh, press releases, releases from, um, I forget which, which senator's office it was, but it seemed like it was pretty good, but also it's coming from a very pro standpoint. So they, you know, they're going to leave out any, any and all cons that they can. Um, But anyway, um, explain kind of the, the basis of that. Yeah, so A-plus is another one that is seeking non-government solutions to the market, which, of course, I always jump behind. Um, It was introduced in April and then sent to the Livestock Committee, so it's now stuck in committee. Um, It's got bipartisan there's all sorts of Republicans and Democrats that have signed on as co-sponsors, which is interesting. And then it actually received the support of both NCBA and U.S. Cattlemen's and the Livestock Marketing Association. The only major player that didn't jump on board was RCAF, and that's probably just because then what would they be if they supported something everyone else did? <laughs> be a total crisis of identity for them. So. What A-plus does is it actually goes back and changes Packers Act. Right now in PNS, there's a regulation that says that a packer cannot own 
or well, uh, a sale barn or a marketing group like that cannot own part of a packer at all. Okay. No double dipping at all there. And so what it'll That's do is because the packers used to own the stockyards. Yes. Yep, exactly. So it ties back to when it, cows were all brought in on rail, <laughs> you know, and you weren't there, you just send off your, your calves on the train and you Boots would, not would see them onto the yet. train and then, uh, yeah, off they'd yep. go. Exactly. And so then the sale barn also owned the packing plant, all of which were right next to the train tracks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you'd imagine, things got, a little less than transparent <laughs> or honest. Yeah. And then that's when you had, um, you know, like that's, that's when you had the, when Upton Sinclair wrote the jungle, which yeah. highly propagandized, uh, you know, novel, but as with all propaganda, there's uh there's, you know, small grain of truth to it. And yeah, it was a hell job working in those packing plants back in the day. And, uh, and of course, at the time, it was also hell working in the mines and all sorts of all sorts of different industrial jobs were just living hell. And that led to the, the rise of the labor movement. And I wonder what kind of labor movement we're going to see coming here soon, because like you see like um, several attempts to unionize with Amazon. <clears throat> um, Starbucks. Starbucks is trying to put fires out left and right. Are you going to go start like an anti-Holstein union mm, now with maybe. your base? I might. Yeah. I might. Um, I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to contact the Pinkertons and see if they'll protect the unions this time, you know, because um, they're still in business and, and doing well, it seems like. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I wonder what the... Because uh, the, these union things, like if we have learned anything through history, like you... You can't really stomp them out once they get going. And uh, I'm not a huge union supporter just because of the whole Marxism shit. But man, it is kind of cool to watch it, watch it work. And, you know, at the same time, I'm, like, I'm not really mad at them because I fuck these corporations. And uh, but also I'm just it's it's like it's the same like a little piece of me dies because like every time I, I agree with a hippie, I'm just like, oh, damn you. Damn you. Broken clock can be right twice a day. <laughs> I know. And then I was, I was watching the UFC this weekend and uh, it was such a badass fight card in Paris. And I was like, God damn it. The the heavyweight guy was uh, was from Paris. And I was like, fuck, I almost almost want to like this French guy. And that, yeah. that makes me sick. But that's why you got kicked in the face. Just saying. Yeah, I know. Bring me back to real life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so obviously that's not how we market calves today. You know, yeah. the owner is much more involved. So there was, I think, mostly headed by the Livestock Marketing Association, a push to amend that and release some of those restrictions. So what A plus will do is it will allow the owners of those sale barns to also own part or whole of a processing plant. It puts limits on how big that plant can be. It's a maximum 2,000 head a day or 700,000 a year. Mm. And the design behind that was to keep the big four from reversing it. Yeah. Going back and buying a bunch of sale barns. It, It requires, you know, that it stay pretty small. Yeah. And so instead of keeping... They would, if they were able to do that, they would essentially turn 
all these sale barns, particularly out west, they would uh, essentially make them buyer stations like they have throughout like the Ozarks and uh, in the southeast where technically it's a sale barn, but there is one buyer. And uh, and yeah, but yeah, they're, they're owned by the essentially by the some some form of packing house like they're 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 not directly owned by the by the packers but they're they are well and so to me that's kind of the crux of it all is the big boys always find ways around these regulations anyways that's Mm. the story from the very beginning right like none of this will actually impact the guys who have the money for the lobbyists and for the loopholes so why not make it easier for the smaller guys to go ahead and compete with them yeah and it makes sense um I'd say you'd have to uh, have to really watch out to see see how those big boys play, but um, I would assume they're they're going like uh, you know they're going full frontal assault on them uh, in committee. But oh yeah, well, and it's been stuck in committee since April, which is not a good mm. sign. Yeah, um, this is kind of it's not the exact same thing as the as the Prime Act, but it's on that same. Same level where it'd really do some good, and uh, and of course because it's uh it's like the one one of those things that could actually uh, threaten those those big four packers, um, you know oligopoly that they've got going on. Um, of course, then it, it goes nowhere. But um, I don't know. I uh, I just wonder how how the bag community can create some sort of like viral momentum behind uh, a deal. You know, like. You know, there's there's always a lot of passion in, behind it, but it just seems to always go nowhere. Like I always go back to the like the fair cattle markets deal, which that was very self inflicted because it just turned into a bunch of shit slinging. But it, it was it was trending on Twitter for a while, and but not for the right reasons. And so it's like, how, how do we get over that? Well, and how much of that is just like we were talking earlier with the Trump Biden thing? how much of that is by design to keep us Mm -hmm. fighting with each other rather than focusing on things that could really help. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, right now we're kind of in this space where we're throwing everything at the wall just to see what sticks. mm -hmm. Will Congress save us? Will new packing plants save us? What about changes in packers and stockyards? We're throwing it all up there, but instead of everyone saying, yeah, we'll back it all and just see what happens. We're busy screaming at each other. Yeah. Now I, I think, yeah, we we gotta have you somewhat united front, and that's we're not even close to that. I mean, but uh, we'll we'll see. It sounds like outside of RCAF, which let's be real honest, they don't have a whole lot of uh, they don't have a whole lot of sway when it comes to the to the industry wide uh, conversation. You know, they they make a lot of noise, but they don't get much done, and. Um, that's why I will always stand by my statement that RCAF is the lefty of the beef world because they make a lot of noise. But there's probably 12 of them. <laughs> yeah, there's there's not many. I know. Uh, so I, I don't know. It'll be hopefully something good comes out of it. But like I said, being being in committee that long, that's not, that's not a great sign. But um, they also... I don't know. There's there's going to be a big push to get a win, you know, especially a bipartisan win. There'll be a big. Well, maybe we'll see how involved Trump is. Um, 
on that end, but you know, there, there, there's probably going to be some sort of push from both sides to get something passed. And then it's one of, especially if it's one of those overlooked bills that comes up in an election year that just slips through. I'm fucking fine with that. Like, I, I don't care, but like, you know, maybe make a push to, to call your reps and, and senators and say, Hey, this is, this thing could actually do something. So vote for it. Well, right now, all the focus we've seen on ag, because there's been an awful lot of money thrown at it between, you know, the inflation money and the pandemic money, it's all gone to very specific niche ag, with the exception of disaster relief. It's been urban ag and yeah. organic and, you know, a bunch of heavy dippy bullshit. None of it that actually feeds the world. No. Well, why, why would we do that, though? Um when we want because we gotta we gotta wait till the cricket processing plants are up and running at full steam and you want to talk about um <laughs> factory farming just wait till you see what a cricket farm looks like Blech. Blech. Well, i gotta wonder too did you see your your boy putin let out a bunch of grain i saw this that is- yeah, so what was weird to me was how quiet they talked about it. They very quietly released the information mm-hmm. that all this got. And you have to wonder, we were told for months and months and months that it was going to be catastrophic because nothing was going to get out. They're at, at 2021 levels right now. Well, and then the speculators went nuts. Somebody got very, very rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, yeah, yeah. It's all it's all a big fucking racket. Um, all a game. Yeah, so I I don't know. Like I said, I can always see there's a way where where the Packers will will work their way in and, and somehow finagle their way into buying buying all these these sale barns because why wouldn't they? Um, but it seems like a good idea. Um, I wonder. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it is all about money, but. You'd like to think that uh, maybe maybe these sale barns wouldn't uh, wouldn't sell out, and maybe they'd spend a little bit of their money and go <clears throat> and go invest it. But money talks, so who knows? But it's in their best interest to keep I think their so. traffic going too. You know, so many people have switched to a contract model that cuts out the sale barn mm-hmm. entirely. Yeah, I uh, it's a it's a good thing if uh, especially we get people on board. I think it could really it could really help. You're seeing a lot of these, like you haven't, I don't know if anything's uh, broke ground yet, but like there's plans for like five or six, seven of these, these little regional packers. And that's a good thing. I mean, even like shit, even the, the big four should be welcoming that because maybe they could relax for a minute because they've been, they've also been putting up, uh, you know, they're, they've been trying to do more with less. Um, and you know, it's a good thing to have, to have more particularly american owned you know food processing plants that's that's a that's a good thing you know <laughs> people talk you know they talk like nationalism nationalism's a you know just a, a sin nowadays but like i way rather have a shitty american company uh own my own my food plants than than you know even a good brazilian company because they're still fucking brazilian and uh they're they're still controlled by their government so like i don't fuck that like there shouldn't that that i would be behind that law like no no major food uh 
source is allowed to be owned by foreign interests like that. That makes perfect sense to me. But um, so progressive cattlemen ran a map. Oh, probably a month and a half ago that showed all the new proposed packing plants. Mm -hmm. And when you add up all the capacity they're talking about adding, you're looking just short of 29,000 head a day. Wow. Yeah. No, it's pretty significant. Good. Good. Uh, so no wonder these these packers are putting on a full full assault. That's going to especially if they're, you know, they're getting like you can get this A plus deal passed and you can get some you know, not it's not going to be like Walmart in a size investment, but you can get a uh, significant investment from like four or five, six different uh sale barns to you know, they're all sending fat cattle to uh, to North Platte or to uh, wherever it is in Iowa or Texas. Like that's a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah, and that could that could really uh, and then bring back like you know fat cattle, like you know either either live sales or, or video sales or whatever. You know that that's a boom for the for the sale barn too, you know, like, well, and think about what that does for those rural communities. Sustainable mm -hmm. beef is talking about 800 and I can't remember if it's 840 or 890 jobs yeah. in North Platte. That's sizable. That's, that's mm -hmm. significant. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it's a good thing. And, um, yeah, I, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a really encouraging sign. So, um, you know, I think there there is some sort of light at the end of the tunnel, but it's going to be a fucking dogfight to get there. My favorite thing about all of it, though, is that it's not the government rescuing anybody. It's not the government stepping in to do any of this. It's the ag industry figuring out how to do it on their own. Yeah. And it's not any of these membership organizations behind yeah. any of this. Not a single one of them has stepped up to the plate and put either money or vocal support behind any of these plans. Yeah. Well, and then even if you look at something kind of what I, I view as somewhat ridiculous as the, the beef initiative and, you know, the it sounds really great until you listen to the guy talk. <laughs> and uh, but I, I think there there is something there where and so there there this deal is they're working on like even smaller sized uh, regional uh, local packing deals and and doing more like a subscription based um you know monthly subscription beef deal um and you know all based on blockchain and bitcoin and there's probably something there um I, i'm not not real uh head over heels about the about what i've heard about it so far because it's incredibly vague but the the premise is not bad and i think with somebody that actually knew knew the the business as well as the Bitcoin and the blockchain side, there there might be something to that. I don't know enough about it, but I know enough about uh, our business that I know that guy's kind of full of shit. Um, well, that's my big gripe with the Libertarian Party right now, because those are the kind of people that they're giving a platform to. Whenever they talk about agriculture, they talk about it from a regenerative, organic, homesteader-based perspective. Right. And that's cutesy and that feels good. But again, that's not how you feed the damn world. No. And, and I think the more people that do like re re revert back to some sort of homesteading or family farming like i think that's a great thing i, I i'm 100 percent for it but also yeah 
the the Joel Salatin method does not scale, and also it doesn't work in particularly in west of the Mississippi, um, particularly west of like Dodge City, Kansas. Like sh- that shit just doesn't work. It don't get enough rain. Uh, the wind blows too much, and like that. We've tried farming on the Great Plains for a while now, and it's worked when when it rains, and it doesn't work when it doesn't rain. <laughs> and you know, never know when it's going to rain, so we'll keep trying it. Um, but yeah, this the regenerative regenerative stuff. Like I'm I'm all in favor for it if that's what you want to do. But like to to try to shift the entire food system that way, especially in this day and age, it just doesn't. It doesn't pencil out. Just it's kind of like the whole green energy thing. Like I'm all in favor of electric vehicles. I think they're kind of cool. I would, uh, I would like fucking, I'd shit my pants to see an electric tractor that actually worked. <laughs> and then you know, and like something that you could you could farm all day on. Like that'd be fucking rad. I don't know how it would work. I have no idea how it would work, but it'd be kind of cool. Uh, but that, that shit ain't there yet. And, uh, and it's the same way with, uh, I don't know, with a lot of this shit. Like, it, it's interesting. I, I think it's it's intriguing, but it's work with what we have, what we actually know works, and uh, try to make it better. But what I can't figure out, then, is why the Liberty community doesn't reach out to scale production agriculture. They yeah, seem I don't to know. have no interest. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, I don't know. I... I saw I saw enough of the, you know, that the LNC. I didn't actually go to the LNC itself, but I saw enough of what 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 won the LNC, and I'm not I'm not opposed to what what they're doing. I think it's pretty cool, but yeah, I, like it, it lacks on a lot of fronts. Um, <laughs> I think they have the same they had the same sort of attitude when reaching out to the veteran community, the, like the ones who have personally seen how fucked up war is and how little our foreign policy makes sense. But the libertarian party can will go out of their way to demonize them at times too. And, and it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's why I'm, I'm that's, I'm a leg- registered libertarian. I actually paid dues just to see how this goes this time. But like, I'm not, I'm not tied down to them. Like I, I'm not far away from just going back to independent. When you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, if you compare farmers and ranchers to libertarians or to liberty minded community, even just throwing the label libertarians on, it feels weird. Yeah. But they have a lot in common. You know, you're, they're distrustful of the government. They're self-reliant. Yeah. Self-reliant people. They're community minded. Mm hmm. Both of them have to be optimists, right? Because they're both looking at a shit show every year. Mm-hmm. They both have to be thinking about the long game. It just yeah. seems like for, for people that could be such natural bedfellows, it blows my mind that they that the Libertarian Party puts no purchase in courting the ag community. Well, they don't even like do the the smile and nod and uh hat on the back that the that the two major parties do you know they <laughs> if you look how the the black community is treated and how the the ag community is treated it's very similar very very similar like not only from the subsidies but and and the like the pandering but also to the demonization 
Like they'll, uh, yeah, it's, they're one and the same at this point. The, yeah. So yeah. And, but the libertarians don't even, they don't even give us that. They just kind of, they'll, uh, wink and a nod at a, at a couple of hippies living, living off the grid, which is fine. Exactly. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm all in favor, but that ain't the world we live in. And that's, that's the, that's the part I have with, with most libertarians. It all like quickly devolves into a philosophical debate. And you're like, okay, but we were nowhere fucking close to where this argument is. Like, okay, I, I agree with you on that argument, but that's not the world we live in. And uh, yeah, so I. And if I you're know. not autistic enough for a group of people, that's saying something. Oh, I felt like the coolest dude at the at the Dave Smith concert or uh, show. Besides, you know, say Dave Smith and. I think I'm probably cooler than Robbie Bernstein, but um, yeah, outside of oh, Maj Teray was there. Maj Teray is cool as shit. So, um, but yeah, like they're, they're the Libertarian Party has got a real, uh, real image issue. Like it's a, it's a lot of real nerdy neckbeards, <laughs> like a lot. Well, that's I always love listening to Michael Malice because he talks about how no women listen to his show anyway. Yeah, and that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Probably. How old is that guy? I, I think he's got to be a hell of a lot older than he looks. I know. And I, for some reason, I want to say he's like in his 60s. No, I'm looking. At I, that I don't know if that's any and in, in, uh, any truth to that at all. I just but I, yeah, I think he's kind of old. But also, I think he's still some sort of like garden gnome. That he's forty six. Forty six. Okay. Yeah. That is not sixty. No. I, I maybe somebody was just giving him shit. I don't know. But I, I could have swore I heard that. Um. Anyhow, forty six. Yeah, he's not as old as I thought. Um. Yeah, he. I guess he kind of looks like a forty six year old, but he's. Isn't he like four foot eight or some shit like that? I think so. That's why he fits so well in his North Korean uniform that he wore around everywhere <laughs> for years. Yeah, I, I think he's he's like my favorite garden gnome. Mm-hmm. Um, or nymph or something like that. He's he's something like an elf or a dwarf or a gnome. Some something in that mystical category. I am a little pissed. I was promised if I supported the Mises Caucus and they took over the Libertarian Party that he would be given. <laughs> control of the twitter and i don't think um, that ever happened i think he has a say in some of it though i want full control yeah i uh well speaking of of libertarian twitter the libertarian party of new hampshire uh got a uh, got a whole bunch of attention because they uh they tweeted a picture of uh megan mccain crying over john mccain's coffin and said happy holidays on the anniversary of his death little bit in poor taste i'll i'll, I'll say um I, that does I sound like something michael malice would have done <laughs> yeah it was it was reed coverdale though okay um so anybody that's not into the libertarian podcast world doesn't know who anybody's people are but most of them are pretty good listens but yeah it was uh i laughed but also i was like oof that one's not gonna go well and it really did they tried to you know, they still try to defend it, but yeah, yeah, that was a swing and a miss there, fellas. That's something you share from your personal page, not mm. from the official one. 
yeah that that's one that goes in the bull session group and mm-hmm. not on the main page yeah like mm-hmm. that that's shit that, that that shit like that is exactly why i created the bull mm-hmm. session group and um yeah that's not yeah that, that's not something i want from a, a state libertarian party honest honestly like i i i agree with the sent the sentiment but man yeah you can you can rationalize it and and defend it all you want but that was that went poorly <laughs> to say to say the least <laughs> um i don't know fuck politics is so dumb i i like i i love it but i hate it so much i just ugh. It, it's it's like uh it's like just a bad soap opera mm-hmm. it's entertainment for the masses yeah well if you got uh, another 20 minutes or so let's talk a little conspiracies on the on the patreon side okay. and uh and we'll uh yeah so if you guys want to hear some conspiracies cause i got a few um they they might be a little off the wall, but we'll uh, we'll see. And uh, if you want to see that, patreon.com slash burning daylight or uh, on Spotify, there's paid paid episodes there. So check it out and um, sign us off, Jen. We're burning daylight. Boom. Yeah.